Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry. This episode of the e-commerce evolution podcast is brought to you by Zipify Pages, taking the pain out of building powerful, high converting e-commerce landing pages. If you're on Shopify, you have to check out Zipify Pages and also one-click upsells built by my friend and e-commerce entrepreneur Ezra Firestone. Check it out at zipify.com. So excited you could join us today and I'm really looking forward to this topic. This is a topic that we've never explored on the podcast before. It's a a topic that I don't know a ton about, admittedly. Uh, We're going to be diving into WooCommerce and we'll go a little beyond that as well. We'll also talk about conversion rate optimization, which I'm very familiar with, and some some questions of when to redesign versus just optimize and, and several other interesting things that will apply no matter what cart or what platform you're on. But I wanted to dig into WooCommerce. You know, my background, worked with a ton of Magento sites, a lot of Shopify sites, a lot of the growth we're seeing with clients uh, are, are those that are using Shopify. So interested to dig into WooCommerce a little bit. And so on the podcast with me is an expert in that field, Cody Landefeld. He is the co-founder of Mode Effect, and he'll be speaking at the WooConf, which is coming up. And so he is definitely an expert on WooCommerce and building great online experiences. He's a strategist and he's got lots of good things to share, read some of his articles and was impressed by those. And so wanted to have him on the show to talk Woo and to talk all things e-commerce. And so Cody, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Really excited to dive into this topic. Yeah, Brett, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And so let's let's just dive right in. You know, WooCommerce is the adoption rate is exploding. More and more sites are using WooCommerce. In fact, just a couple of episodes ago, a friend of mine, Stephen Sashin of Zero Shoes was on uh, talking about how he was on Shark Tank and how he's grown his his lifestyle business, footwear business. Awesome podcast if you didn't check it out. But he's on Woo. One of the few of our customers who's actually on Woo, so I'm kind of new to this game a little bit. But uh, so... Uh, 30 to 40, did I, did I hear this right? That 30 to 40% of shopping carts now are on Woo. Is, is that accurate? And if so, why this massive adoption? Yeah. So that depending on who you ask and looking back at whoever's keeping score, you know, it's, it's definitely a range between 30 and 40. And I think what you're seeing is so many small business websites have started on WordPress, have done very well in the SEO area and have a lot of out of the box uh, requests for how they want to build their store. So I think with the, you know, WooCommerce being a solution and afforded people to extend their WordPress site, I think that's why so many people have went ahead and stacked that in and built an e-commerce offering out of their marketing site. Makes sense. So, So WooCommerce has really succeeded so rapidly, largely because so much of the web is powered by WordPress that Woo is a natural extension. And just for anybody that does not know, could you explain the connection of, of Woo and WordPress? Yeah, so WooCommerce is actually a plugin for WordPress. And WooCommerce not only is a plugin, but it also has its own extensions. So you can easily build a Woo WordPress site, get that all stacked up and going, but then you have that added functionality you're going to bring in by enabling that plugin and then adding on extensions underneath the plugin that is WooCommerce. Gotcha. Gotcha. So who would you say is the best fit for a WooCommerce store? And I know 
you know, every platform, you know, may, or some platforms may say, well, we're, we, we're a fit for anybody, you know, anybody selling things online, we, we can help. But uh, who do you kind of see as the, the best fit for a, a Woo store? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's for stores and business owners that are looking to have their own unique experience online. Uh, keep in mind that WordPress at its core is open source. So you could really build a very unique solution on WooCommerce. So you're seeing people at either the starting point of their store or people who have used a bigger platform, such as say a Magento or a hosted platform like BigCommerce or anything out there. Uh, they're really wanting to build their own unique experience and own their intellectual property inside of WooCommerce. And it just really affords them the ability to extend it any which way they want to. Gotcha. And so, so let, let's let's talk about that. Let, let's compare Woo to one of the the hosted platforms, like a like a Shopify or a Big Commerce or something like that. You talk about the the merchant wanting to own their experience. So, can can you compare those two again for those that maybe just haven't thought about the difference? Essentially, for most business owners, it's easy just to think of hosted and self-hosted, uh, like a Shopify versus WooCommerce. So Shopify is doing a great job because they make it so easy to get a store online and not bring the business owner into the technical functionality of having to put it, put together a website and maintain it. Right. But I think where you start to see a real variance or a real differentiation is when a store becomes a certain, uh, does a certain type of volume. It does, hits a certain point of growth. Shopify can become very expensive. And on the flip side, there's some limitations with Shopify, such as with the checkout, uh, upsells and things that you can do uh, that WooCommerce actually allows you to do on day one. The only caveat is you have to have a technical partner such as Modeffect or uh, somebody who is working inside of your company to be able to put that together. Uh, I'd say also with WooCommerce, the the great thing about it is, again, it's it can be cost effective, especially when you're into a certain level of growth, because, you know, even though you have to take care of the technology on your own, again, you still own that technology. It's not like if you migrate off your uh, plat hosted platform, such as a Shopify or BigCommerce, you're essentially just scrapping the whole entire thing. Does right. that make sense? It, it, yeah, totally. And and I'm very familiar with it too. I just for for people that don't know, it is kind of a difference between renting and, and owning. Uh, and then and then on the the other side, and this is another platform that you would own the technology would be a self-hosted. That's Magento. And so very familiar with Magento. I've probably worked on equally as many Magento stores as I have uh, Shopify stores. And and we're a, a marketing firm, so we're all about driving traffic and helping clients get more sales. But but with that, you know, we look at at organic search and paid search and, and YouTube and a variety of things. But because of the SEO side, you know, we're digging into the back end of platforms a, a decent amount. And so, you know, Magento offers a lot of flexibility as well. I also know that, you know, some of the, the maintenance costs can be really high on Magento. And, and really Magento is kind of making a concerted effort to go up market. So, so to go after the the larger, you know, the internet retailer 500 clients or internet re retailer 1000 clients. That's really where they're pushing. So, so how would you contrast Woo to say Magento? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Cause I, I tend to think of it as, you know, beginner, uh, well, almost like a small, medium, large. 
Uh, Shopify is so great. There's, there's really few steps to get started and get something online and start selling. WooCommerce is a good middle market solution uh, and it can be a large market solution. Uh, I think they've done a good job as opposed to say Magento. Magento is a lot more time intensive, a lot more expense on the maintenance side. And WooCommerce is probably right there in the middle. It's, it's something that, you know, does require, uh, you know, it does have ease of use to get it started. But on the flip side, as you grow, it does require a good amount of technical attention and support, but maybe not as much as say a Magento. So it's, it, it kind of, it, it kind of is pretty easy to kind of put these in, in play as, you know, beginner, um, medium or experience, you know what I mean? Such as Shopify WooCommerce and Magento. Interesting. Yeah, really interesting. And that, that's kind of how I would I would guess it to be. And so you confirming that, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, let's talk about maybe some new developments. So what's what's new with Woo uh, right now? Uh, either either new new extensions, new technology, new announcements, uh, any anything new right now? Well, jumping ahead, I mean, the Amazon integration is huge. That's brand new, something that WooCommerce just announced and um, allowing store owners to take advantage of full Amazon fulfillment and being able to control the experience and keeping your customers on your site. So it's the best of both worlds. Uh, along with that, as you'll see with each and every release of WooCommerce, there's just a ton of things that they're adding to the platform, such as, you know, Apple Pay was a couple versions back, but, you know, you have so many things that get improved on the platform, such as why it's a really a good idea for somebody using WooCommerce to have a company like ourselves be in the mix to just support and make sure things are well updated because that's the one caveat with using WooCommerce is since so many so many things get updated and brought into the feature set with each release, you could find yourself getting a little bit, um, you really need to be careful on making sure when you hit the update button that everything still works on the other side. Yeah, we're, we're big fans of, of having the right partners and the right the right people kind of in your corner working for you. I know that's something Magento is working on too, you know, where, you know, the 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 their app ecosystem or extension ecosystem was a little bit of the wild west. And, you know, you would never know if you installed an extension, if it would break the Magento side. And so they're really they're really working to fix that. And with Magento two, that's gonna largely be eliminated. But but still, you know, especially as you get into complex build outs, and that's like you were saying, that's usually when someone wants to choose Woo or Magento when they want to do something custom and, and more complex. It makes sense to have someone kind of helping you out and 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 someone with their finger on the pulse of the marketplace that they can help. So, uh, totally agree with that. Um, let's let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk about something. And this could be specific to Woo, but this I think will also apply to anybody. So regardless of the platform you're on, uh, you wrote a great article: uh, Five Woo. Uh, commerce conversion tips. Can you share a couple of those? So a couple of those conversion tips, um, and, and you know, likely that's going to be something that will apply to anybody as well. Given my background, way back when I used to play a designer on the internet, uh, now I play a business owner on the internet. So um, I, you know, I definitely have appreciation for design and and making things great on the front end. So in the e-commerce space, of course, you know, conversions are key and. The nice thing again on WooCommerce is, you know, you can utilize so many tools that work across multiple e-commerce platforms to help with conversions. So I'd say, you know, right off the bat, I think one of the biggest things on conversion, uh, whether it's on your homepage or whether it's just extending your site, 
is considering building out landing pages for focus products or categories or things you're going to uh, run a sale on because as you'll you'll appreciate too Brett with with stores that so many SKUs and so many products it's overwhelming and you really need to have a way to be able to build something that's more of a focus point for driving traffic or whatnot so I'd say building a landing page is probably a nice one to just consider yeah, and, and I 100% agree, and I'll, I'll kind of give a, a relevant example and then would love if you have any as well. But we've got a client that sells coffee, and uh, so they're a roaster. They, they sell some amazing, you know, seasonal flavored coffees, just, just tremendous stuff. And uh, so at the time of this recording, we're kind of right on the edge of pumpkin spice uh, <laughs> uh, time, which, which people go crazy for. And so, you know, they've got several pumpkin spice flavored varieties and other fall flavors. And so, you know, you could sort in, in the main, and they're, they're on a custom solution, but you could sort in the main category and look at seasonal blends and things like that. But we wanted to do this focused Google Display Network campaign, a YouTube campaign, some search and display or search and shopping as well. And so we wanted to send, um, especially the search and GDN traffic and YouTube traffic to like a pumpkin spice focused page where we could have a, a video and an offer and talking about how, hey, this is only available for a certain time. Um, you know, so yeah, 100% agree that that focused experience where you can tailor the message, tailor the images, tailor the products uh, makes a huge, huge difference. Any, any examples on, on your end uh, when it comes to good landing pages? Now that you asked me, I'm probably going to draw a blank, of course, because of so many that exist. Right, right. Uh, I know we have multiple clients that have, you know, we've brought on that are already doing a pretty good job of that. We've also got some stuff rolling out with some of our clients that that have some good landing pages that we're working on. So um, one I can mention is, you know, we've helped is uh, a larger client, Redheaded Host, the Redheaded Hostess rather, and they've uh, put together some really nice landing pages. And they actually work with a company like yours to help with some of their marketing and 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 stuff. So they've done a really good job of putting things out there to their social network followings and just driving traffic to products that are seasonal, like you mentioned with the pumpkin spice or just things that are relevant for certain seasons. And those tend to bring in a lot of uh, people that are new to their business. Yep. Yep. And I think when, when you, when you distill it down and understand that really good marketing is getting the proper market to message match, right? So getting right message to the right person at the right time, that, that's good marketing, right? So if you can drive the right traffic to a page that says all the right things, it's, it's custom designed for what they're looking for, it makes a ton of difference rather than saying, hey, we're gonna send all of our flavored coffee traffic just to a category page, right? That, that's not, it's not gonna convert as well. It doesn't lazy. feel the same. It's late, exactly, it's lazy. And that, that's what a lot of merchants do is they take the easy way out and then they say, Hey, you know, a search isn't working very well for me or, or, you know, YouTube ads are not working very well for me. Well, a lot of that has to do with the way you're treating and the way you're using landing pages. So, okay. Love that tip. Uh, what else, what else you got? You know, obviously one of the easy things is doing some type of personalization. So wherever we can build some type of, a, as you know, cookie type of, uh, you know, behavior, cooking a user that rather those come back onto the site, say if we're using a Facebook ad and bringing somebody back for the second time, having somebody, some type of experience on the front end to show things that they've looked at, or maybe show some things that they've, they, they could bundle with products. And I, I happen to do that and it depends on the product. So 
you know, look, for instance, if it's, you know, uh, some type of cosmetic or some type of cooking, cooking where, you know, you've got a lot of things. And I know WooCommerce has a really great tool called the WooCommerce recommendation engine that uh, sets things up sort of like Amazon that you can use that, set it up on your site and allow just some really easy wins with regards to what people look at and showing them other products that would be related to it. That's great. You know, it's interesting. Even something very simple uh, saw this this software. So it was a SaaS platform. So software as a service platform, cloud-based. I'd been to the site once before. And then I came back and when the little chat window popped up, first of all, there was a great execution of the chat window, just like I'm seeing on your site right now. On your site, there's a picture of Brittany. So Brittany in mode effect. Hi there. How can I help? Uh, but this this company did something similar. I had the picture of the person to be helping me. And then the message was, back again? Question mark? How can we, how can we help you? And, and so, you know, and maybe some people would look at that and say, well, that's a little creepy. Uh, but I think we're all, man, we're all used to yeah, everything is tracked and, you know, ads are following us around and stuff like that. Uh, so that was an interesting execution maybe of personalization. Any, anybody you know that, that does personalization really well or, or any of your clients you may want to highlight there on the, uh, that, that really do personalization the, the right way? Uh, you know, there are a couple that come to mind, but again, I keep bringing up the redheaded hostess as somebody who's we've, we've written a lot about and somebody we've kind of put out as a star student, so to say, uh, they've done a good job of that on their site to really help once somebody's gone in and added a product or started clicking around or created an, a, an account of some sort. There's really a lot of things that really help them understand what products go together and they have so many different types of products that it's easy for them to bundle them and, and help people understand, Oh, if I got just this one book, then I can get this whole series and complete it for a overall a cheaper price. And, and how does woo help make personalization easy? Uh, do you, do you have some favorite, either favorite apps or just some stuff that's, you know, comes with woo out of the box that makes personalization easy? The recommendation engine, is like I mentioned before, that's a good extension to start. Uh, I think just ultimately there are going to be just like with every platform, there's probably a lot of great uh, tools out there that you can integrate on your WooCommerce website that are technology or platform agnostic. And uh, the good thing is, of course, since WordPress is such a big, uh, has such a big market share of websites, there's so many things that have they've written integrations for, or just something you can install like a code on your website. So, um, yeah, beyond what is specifically what Woo offers, uh, I'm, I'm positive there's so many. And plus, again, like we've seen with other clients, they request some things that are just so out of the box. So sometimes what's great is because WooCommerce is open source and you can own that platform, we can literally build that from scratch, depending on exactly what they need to do. Like for instance, we built a membership platform utilizing WooCommerce and there was a really unique system. Whereas when somebody was asking a question and this all was related to legal, um, they were able to ask a question and it prompted, uh, you know, upcharges that happened in the, in the, the buying experience was so seamless that it allowed people to keep asking questions getting somebody to come back and answer. And, you know, there was just a really unique upsell method that allowed somebody who had a subscription was able to buy added purchases and keep things going and keep them on the line, so to say. 
Interesting. Uh, I know you also talk about about sales funnels and the ability to create sales funnels in WooCommerce. So if you could, can, can you explain what a sales funnel is if, if someone is not familiar and then how you can build that in, in Woo? Absolutely. So I think the great thing is it's no different um, from any other platform. You know, everybody understands or everybody should understand at least uh, at least at a very simple level what a sales funnel is. Um, but obviously the goal for somebody who's got a store is they want to move somebody from one stage to the next. And just like we talked about with conversions and helping people connect, it's just getting people into the habit of taking action on your platform. So one of the things that I see, uh, even with uh, your client zero shoes, when I get on there within five seconds, I'm hit with like a full page. Let me give you 10 for 15% off just to, just to give us a shot or just to join our mailing list. So that very small action is moving somebody who is completely unfamiliar to your brand to just taking a small piece of action to get into a funnel for your company. So that's step one. Uh, step two would be, you know, somebody who's starting to get the emails, they're starting to get hit with, you know, certain sales or certain things. Maybe it's predictive of things they've looked at on the site or come back, start to see some ads on the, on the internet. And eventually they're getting to the point where they're actually clicking on products and adding them to a cart. So they're, they're in that consideration stage. And then next of course is, you know, somebody who's actually going to give money, somebody who's actually going to open the wallet, pull out the the debit card or better yet, they're going to take out their phone and, um, put their thumbprints on their keyboard or their phone and start to buy things. That's where I get in trouble, Brett. I've got these the websites <laughs> with Apple pay and it's yeah. dangerous. Man. So easy. So easy. Just, uh, it doesn't feel when you when you reduce that friction, man, it makes it so easy to say yes. Oh yeah, and that's when it when I look at my bank statement, I'm like, oh man, I'm in trouble. <laughs> and usually, usually uh, in my situation, it's not that I'm in trouble. When I look at the the credit card statement of the bank, it's when my wife looks at it and says, "Really, you you what you need an, another one of these?" <laughs> um, uh, usually, I get in trouble more for eating out than anything, but that, but that's that's another story. Hey, Brett Curry here, a quick note from one of our sponsors, and then we'll get right back to the episode. So our primary underwriter is OMG Commerce, the company that I'm the co-founder and CEO of. And as many of you know, we are a Google premier partner. And in 2016, we were one of the fastest growing premier partners in the entire world. Very proud of that. And so we build full funnel campaigns for e-commerce companies. So search, shopping, video, display campaigns, we build those out. It is now time to get ready for the holidays. And so I've got two free offers for you, a resource and then an offer. And let me talk about the, the resource first. So we just recorded a webinar with our two Google reps. So our two reps flew into our headquarters here in Springfield, Missouri. We recorded a webinar, the ultimate guide to holiday prep. We talk about campaign structure. We talk about smart bidding. We talk about budgets. We talk about feed readiness and a host of other things, some new stuff coming from Google. It's a fantastic webinar. If you'll go to omgcommerce.com forward slash learn, you'll see a link to download that webinar. I suggest you check it out, share it with your team completely free of charge. The other thing is we would love to schedule a strategy session with you. So if you feel like your campaigns are not quite ready for the holidays, we'd love to schedule a strategy session, look at how your full funnel approach is looking right now, provide suggestions, provide feedback, and potential ways we could help. So if you'd like to schedule that strategy session, go to omgcommerce.com, click on get started, and there'll be a form there to schedule a strategy session. 
love to connect with you. And with that, back to the episode. Now, you also talk about upsells, right? So, so how does Woo work with, with creating upsells during the, the checkout process? Again, the beauty of WooCommerce is that we can take a system out of the box and then ask a business owner exactly how they want to have people upsell. So, for instance, you know, one thing we're working on right now is we're providing a solution for a company that is selling products, but they also have an ongoing service that they want to do and and it involves membership and it involves kind of a back and forth reporting in progress. So, the beauty of WooCommerce is in this particular situation, we're able to take the platform and build in an integration for, say, uh, another payment method to make it appear to the customer that I am buying uh, seamlessly this product and signing up for this ongoing service as, a, as an upsell. But it all comes out on the other end is really one charge. But on the back end, you know, the, the crack team at Mode Effect has built a custom solution for our client that allows uh, a really clear definition of not only that initial purchase amount, but also an ongoing subscription and a management piece that's already set up clean for the accounting for the client. Very cool. Very cool. So, so you guys are a, a firm that builds solutions. You know, you build websites, obviously. We're, we're getting that picture. But it was interesting. You, you wrote an article, and, and I like how you discuss this. You talk about, you know, do you really, as a store owner, is what you need a redesign? Or do you really just need to optimize, right? And I, I think that's an important question for someone to ask. And it's one that, that may lead to less work for a company like yours, but it may lead to the right outcome for, for a business. And so how do you help a company decide that, whether it's time to redesign or, or rather maybe I just take what I have and optimize it? So I think it's very rare that we meet a, a potential client that's just like, let's blow this thing up and I'll put my business on hold while you build a store. I mean, that's worst case scenario, right? But I think there's just so many times we want to meet somebody who's, it's kind of like jumping on the train while it's moving. It's you want to get to know somebody's business and suggest improvements. And yeah, I mean, what's, what typically happens with a WooCommerce customers, you know, there's, there's, it's easy enough to get started so you can use some things off the shelf and slap in your brand and get things going. But what you'll find is once you start getting customers and getting a good amount of traffic that, certain behaviors, there's, there's an opportunity to really improve the bottom line in, in, in an immense way just by making those improvements on the front end and not necessarily just redoing the website. So a lot of that is almost like the glacier effect. Um, I would imagine, just imagine a glacier sitting on its side. Uh, the front end of your website is important, but also there's a lot of things on the back end that can be optimized and not necessarily just tearing down the site, but maybe just going in and taking out plugins that are taking up too much database bloat, uh, along with putting those front end design uh, enhancements to really make the buying experience more ideal. Yeah. And I think that's really, really smart to say, okay, if we're considering a redesign, if we're considering a replatform, why are we considering that? Would we be better off just to, you know, kind of follow the path of iteration and improvement and optimization, uh, because maybe, you know, if our conversion rates are low, maybe we can make some tweaks that'll get us there rather than blowing the whole thing up and, and starting over. So, uh, yeah, I really appreciate that perspective. Um, another thing you wrote about that I really like, uh, four e-commerce design trends 
that help amplify sales. I know one in particular that, that a lot of people talk about is material design. So we'd love for you to touch on that just a little bit. What is material design? And then what are some of those other design trends that we, we may want to think about uh, leveraging for our business? I, I think it's just what you're going to see with a lot of larger retailers. They're starting to use these trends that are kind of priming customers to be able to be more comfortable with with taking a chance on a small business uh, such as somebody who's using WooCommerce or whatever. Um, so material design, you know, I, I, to get really nerdy, it's something that Google really led the charge on. Uh, they, they really put together some, some things that really allowed, uh, things to be thought of in a mobile first way. So a lot of good, uh, a lot of good design you'll see it's, it's very almost grid-like, you know, you, you've got products that could scale well and kind of uh, format well for you to see the information, whether you're on a, on a large desktop or all the way down to a, one of those smaller iPhones that you can still get like the iPhone four size. Um, or even, uh, I saw not too long ago, somebody's there's they sell an Android phone. That's like the size of a flip phone, which is no way. I don't even want to try to optimize a site for that. <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, I couldn't imagine. I, I'm a, I'm an iPhone seven plus user. And, and I do oh, yeah. think that's probably, as big as we're going to want to go, but I've got, I've got big hands. So it actually, I can use one hand and it, and it feels great, but I could not imagine, even if I look at, you know, the iPhone like 5S or whatever, man, they're tiny. I, I don't know. I don't know how people do it. I know it's, it's a big jump, but you can imagine and appreciate just how good it is to have your site be set up in a way that it's just kind of mobile first. And of course our clients, it's rare that our clients really have their finger on exactly what works, but Material design is basically, you know, extension of thinking about card, you know, type layout or card type design, just just putting information together in, in that grid so that things can scale well and you can continue to get the information you need to be able to convert easily no matter what screen size or device you're on. That's great. So if someone wanted to kind of play with this and see it in action, would, would one of the, the Google sites be worth looking at, like maybe a ne- you know, site for the Nexus device or something like that? Where could someone see material design in action? You can go to our website and uh, click on the title of the article and uh, find that and uh, in there. So I, with, I appreciate you mentioning so many of our articles. I, if I get one email subscriber out of this, it's been well worth the time, my Sweet. friend. Great. All right. Well, it's good stuff. And so I think it's definitely worth we're talking about. So other, other design trends. So beyond material design, anything else that you're seeing that that is is useful and, and a trend we need to be paying attention to? I think, you know, especially with uh, product line or store uh, and really just, you know, anybody who's got a, a specific niche store and product line that they're giving, uh, there's an opportunity to use a lot of storytelling on your site and using good visuals, a large background, some type of a, you know, like one of the examples we use in the article is Warby Parker. And of course, Warby Parker is not selling you cargo shorts and flip flops. They're selling you, uh, I don't know who's buying that still, but um, uh, they're selling you eyeglasses and they're selling you sunglasses. And it's very, very uh, specific. So they're able to put people wearing their glasses and, you know, just really do some storytelling and it's all kind of seasonal and always up to date. So that's the beauty of of the people you and I serve, Brett, as small businesses out there, so many niche retailers that are having a lot of success, they can be afforded the same opportunity to take large backgrounds and provide some good storytelling, especially that seasonal storytelling. 
and just use their smaller inventory or maybe get even so focused and use that to put together their landing page or kind of reformat their homepage just to focus on something that's really of interest to a first time customer. Yeah. And, and to me, this is where I think the the small to mid-sized merchant can really, really excel and, and compete against the big guys is by being better at storytelling and creating the the uniqueness of their product and, and telling that in a compelling way. One of my favorite examples, I, I love Huckberry and I love their emails. I, I actually look at their emails just for ideas, just from a marketing perspective, but they do such a good job. Uh, like there's this desert booth that I'm checking out, the Astroflex, I believe. But the way they they frame the story and it's handmade in Italy, but it's not, you know, like $4,000, it, it's affordable. And, and so I, I think that's what people have to look at, not selling the same way that some of the big colossal brands sell, but by, you know, telling a story and yes, having some of the, you know, the trendy designs and things that make shopping easy and make it appealing and make it fun. Um, so really, really cool. I know another thing you talk about, and, and, and I love this too, uh, adding the human element. So what are some tips or advice you'd share for adding the human element to the online shopping experience? Something we've really tried to do on our side is just, you know, I know chats can be so, we're almost chat blind in a way, but I really think that just having some type of uh, human interaction or some type of a face to show up can be helpful in specific doses. So that's one thing I'll, I'll just mention off the top. And I think it's important to talk to somebody like yourself who can inform a, a retailer exactly how that should be applied on their site. Uh, but I think the other thing to look at is just really focusing on how people find your products, how people can, you know, look through and find the type of things that would be of interest to them. So for, for instance, um, you know, I, on a WooCommerce site, you know, again, I think a good product I'll keep mentioning is I, I should probably throw out my affiliate link for this, um, <laughs> yeah. is, uh, the recommendation engine, you know, you could really set things up in a way and do some personalization, kind of like we touched on earlier for people to see, you know, some things that are new and related to exactly what's being, you know, uh, sold that's of interest and, you know, almost allow that to see, uh, their experience to be, uh, dictated by what they've done previously on the site. Uh, so that personalization piece is, is really important. I also think, you know, we, we mentioned a, a couple of retailers in that article we wrote about human experiences uh, that are doing a good job of that. And there's a site called Stitch Fix that yep. does a really yep. good job of trying before you buy. So, I mean, just, just getting beyond the mold of just saying, here's products, buy them, we'll ship them. God bless, you know, have a good day, yeah, you know, yeah. like, um, just, just having some other different, uh, approach. And I think a lot of that comes back to brand, you know, like somebody who is very in touch with their brand and they've, they've got a mature enough business to where they really know how they want to impact and serve their customers. There's an opportunity where you can really put that back into your website to say, we're very focused on a certain, uh, purpose or a certain mission and just really make that come through all of your site and all your all your copy and whatnot. Yeah, and when you think about you know, uh, obviously the way we like to shop has changed you know in recent years, and, and also I would I would maybe even argue the the brands we identify with and associate with that's maybe shifted a little bit too. You know, the, one of the trends now is we 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 are interested in in how a business does business and are they 
uh, are they giving back? Are they, are they being responsible to the environment and to their community and things like that? That's important. Uh, but also, you know, what is that shopping experience like? Is it just totally utilitarian where I'm just clicking order and I'm getting whatever it is I want? Or is there some something fun there? Are they telling a story? Are they creating a brand that I want to associate with where as I walk around, you know, wearing those desert boots, do I, do I feel kind of good about it? Do I feel like, hey, man, I'm, I'm wearing the Astro Flex and that makes me sophisticated or cool or whatever it is. I, I don't, I'm not wearing them, so I don't know. Um, but But I think that's where some merchants fall short and, and we work with the, with a lot of merchants mid-size and larger and, and some smaller ones as well where i think some some people don't think about the brand element and the human element they just think about i'm just going to get these cheap products and offer them for sale and, and try to turn a profit nothing wrong with that but thinking about the brand and thinking about the human element really leads to long-term success and leads to a business that's got value and that's sellable and, and just has so much more going for it so yeah Good stuff. Um, so when you're when you're looking for inspiration and ideas, what what sites do you check out? I mean, you know, beyond maybe like the Amazons and things like that. Any, any place you go to kind of look for new new things, new creative twists on design or conversion rate optimization or anything like that? Yeah, like I mentioned before, I you know I used to be really my background. If I had to shutter my business and take a a technician job. I'd be a user interface designer. So I used to do I used to do a lot of research on these sites. Now I am so boring on the internet, Brett. I just <laughs> I I go to like Amazon, which is like it's so it's almost it's just so lazy just to go on Amazon and uh, look at stuff. I mean, actually, but that but that Cody is why Amazon is growing at you know twenty eight to thirty percent every year. You know, and they're, and they're just a, a, a giant because it is so stinking easy. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. Well, you know, and, and actually, uh, all joking aside, just looking on Amazon, it is staggering to be aware of how much uniqueness is on their platform. So I don't know if you know exactly if you're inside of exactly how they do things on a design wise, but it, I was giving a talk in Los Angeles about um just, just about how your store can compete with Amazon. And somebody had mentioned, I don't know if this is true, but they're saying that Amazon is running over a hundred experiments at once on their platform and on different sales pages. And you'll see that. I mean, you'll even see different landing pages that they're putting together, category pages, subcategory pages that really uh, are taking some of the things that we've been successful with our clients uh, in terms of, um, you know, storytelling and helping people understand how to really find and discover new products that, you know, kind of like you mentioned before, help with being identified with status and having a certain watch that a lot of people have or whatever. Um, so, you know, in a way you could see some of these things that have been done on smaller sites are coming back to a bigger platform from Amazon. So it's interesting to see that kind of be a thing that's working its way back up to bigger retailers. But as for inspiration, you know, I just say, um, unfortunately, like I said, I, I don't really have a good example. You know, I, I definitely, um, you know, look at a lot of stores that I like going to, like I'm a big vinyl fan and like, I like buying records. So, um, one of the things I've noticed is that the, the more, uh, elegant a store is laid out, the more they make it, you know, just, just put things together in a way. It almost makes me just from being that we serve e-commerce customers, it makes me just want to make a purchase because 
I want to support them from doing such a good job of putting things all together. And it's easy when I'm such a big vinyl fan anyway. So <laughs> yeah, that, that's really interesting. And, and I, I like that you, you brought up Amazon and how they're maybe, you know, they're always testing always. And so looking at the way they handle conversion rate optimization is interesting and, and just getting familiar with the checkout process and seeing what changes over time. I think, you know, looking at enhanced brand content that they've rolled out. So now you can, you know, add videos and pictures and rich media to your listing. If you're, if you're a marketplace seller, you know, that to, to help build the brand and, and kind of maybe create that experience so that's something that Amazon is doing. Really interesting. I also like to pay attention to Zappos. And so they're part of the Amazon family now, but yeah. but they do a really good job of design. The, the, the shopping interface is pretty clean and it's pretty easy to shop. I also like what they do. This will, Let me nerd out on SEO for just a minute. Um, if you go to a category page, let's just take men's running shoes, and then you filter over on the left-hand side, filter by color as an example, or color and brand. Uh, on most sites, if you use a filter, Nothing changes in the URL. Uh, all that changes is the products you see. Uh, but what happens on Zappos, you choose a color, you choose a brand, it actually loads a new page with uh, SEO optimized title, H1 content, and in, in, in uh, SEO optimized URL. Super cool. So anyway, that's maybe a little too nerdy and maybe not exactly on topic, but check out what Zappos is doing. They're always innovating as well. No, yeah, I see that. So, yeah, and I'll actually ask you a question. I mean, sure. when I, I just, I, I know you and I, Oral, I know that your your company sponsored the uh, e-commerce all stars back in Austin, yeah, uh, yeah. last month. Yep. And it was interesting coming into that conference, being the WooCommerce experts we are. Uh, you know, we I felt like a little bit of like a fish out of water because everybody's a big Shopify fan. But what I actually heard from a lot of marketing type folks that weren't store owners is I heard it from a couple of different people that people tend to get a better SEO impact on WooCommerce than they do with Shopify. And I kind of wondered from your side, Brent, if you've if you've heard that or if you've been aware of some SEO limitations with Shopify or whatnot, or maybe that's a whole other episode we can launch into. Maybe I'm planting the seed for our follow-up or yeah, whatnot. Hey, why not? I like it. You, you've turned the table. You're, you're interviewing the interviewer. I love it. Um, yeah, so uh, SEO for Shopify, there are definitely some advantages. There are some, some easy things to do there. You know, just like with a lot of elements of Shopify, Taking the steps to do something is pretty simple, but there's not as much customization as you'd have on other platforms. So I've not done a side-by-side -side comparison of, hey, if a site was on Shopify, then move to WooCommerce, do they get any SEO lift? I've never seen that. Uh, I have seen, uh, we just helped a, a client uh, or worked with them on the marketing side as they move from OpenCart or something or Pinnacle to Shopify and actually kind of coach them through the SEO process on Shopify. And they saw a, ni a really nice lift uh, on SEO over time. So I can't speak to that exactly. I know, you know, WordPress, I mean, Google loves WordPress and the structure that's there. So my assumption would be that there's, there's not going to be any SEO disadvantage to WooCommerce uh, for sure. So, but, but, but Shopify makes it pretty easy as well. But just like with anything, I think the key to SEO is, is thinking strategically. And and a lot of it, it's not just the platform, it's what you do with it and, you know, how you how you title things and how you structure your site and, and all of that. So, but, but great question. So we'll have to do a deep dive now into SEO. I, I like it. So Yeah, for sure. And one, one more thing I'll say about WooCommerce, I think that's where getting back to one of the earlier questions, I think so many people love that marriage between long form content 
and the ability to have the platform and the and the shopping cart be seamless, that's a lot of attraction too towards WooCommerce. Because like you said, people, Google loves WordPress. I already have my blog doing very well on WordPress. So why not marry both of those under one platform? It's, it's, it's somewhat easier to just make sure I'm maintaining that one code base. Got it. Got it. I like it. Cool. Well, Cody, this has been tremendous. Very helpful. I appreciate you sharing your your insights and your take on, on a topic I didn't know a ton about. And so I was excited to learn as well. Uh, but if someone listens to this and says, man, I want to check out Cody and Mode Effect and what you guys have going on, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, so modeeffect.com is definitely our uh, best method of reaching us. And we have a uh, contact form on our site. So you can either just fill that out and get in touch or set up a call. I'm also on Clarity. Uh, so that, you know, you can just specifically book time with myself. Um, and yeah, I'd love to hear from you if you're thinking about using WooCommerce. Very cool. Well, Cody, thank you so much for the time. We'll, we'll definitely have to do this again. Thanks, Brett. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. We'd love to hear your feedback uh, on this episode and, and on any episode. Also give us suggestions or tips for new topics and new shows. We are want to be very listener-centric on this podcast. Uh, and as always, we would love your review on iTunes. That helps the show grow. And with that, thank you for tuning in. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.